is coming to where we are the church of Ephesians. We are that church that's being told what to do. We're looking and called to go dwell as Jesus did in our community. We as an elder team are excited for what's coming and we, we're so ready to start sharing the details of, of the vision on how this is gonna work. But basically there's such a great opportunity for us to share Jesus in this community outside of this building. If anything, we're setting ourselves up to just go be something that nobody else around here has seen. That's what we're doing. No PZ today. You get me. Hey, there is that. I was kind of, I was, uh, I was kind of wondering if my son was gonna be like, "Go, Dad!" Like he does with Pastor Zach, but obviously I didn't get that. Hey, there it is. Awesome. You know what it is. It's the way it works. Well. Pastor Zach and Kristen are able to get away for to celebrate their 15-year anniversary. So I'm um, very excited for them. I'm, I'm pretty jealous, though. They went to Breckenridge. If you guys know anything about me, the mountains are always calling me. I'm, that's just where I, that's my happy place. That's, that's where I want to go. So um, I... I they came by uh, Friday uh, to pick up a few. Uh, it's like a jump pack. He was going to do some camping and stuff. Pastor Zach is a brilliant guy, right? But sometimes he just doesn't know what he needs to go into the wilderness. And so he was like, we're going to be camping out of the back of the Jeep, sleeping in the back. We got this mattress and all this stuff. I was like, that sounds really cool. And um, I was like, well, you at least want something in case you leave your light on out there in the wilderness and you run your battery dead on the Jeep. And he was like, yeah. I probably do need that. So he came by and he got this jump pack. And, he, and apparently I looked like that, you know, when you're leaving town and your puppy's like looking at your car and like, do I get to go? You know, trying to jump in the car. Well, apparently I had that look. Because he's like, you want to go? I was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> Just going to be awkward, but I'm coming. Here we go. <laughs> Is there room for me in the back of the Jeep? So uh, anyways, I'm excited they get to go. Um, I'm trying to... Um, to do something that goes against the norm right now, and that's jump off Facebook. Um, and so I've got all my notifications and stuff turned off on the app, but I still get the, the apparently I still get the emails. I hadn't figured out how to turn that off. Um, and I got a notification that he had made a post that, you know, he was in Breckenridge today and, you know, to come see and come hear me if you're in town and, and all this stuff. And he had that picture of Breckenridge in the background. I was like, he just keeps poking it at me is what he does. But... Well, thank you guys for coming today. Um, we're continuing on in Ephesians, and I want to, um, I guess, elaborate on uh, what Miss Jenny came to me this morning and said. Miss Jenny's always wrecking my world with her, like, prophetic words and gifts, and I try to give it back to her as much as I possibly can every now and then, but, like, today she, she came up to me, and, you know, Miss Jenny, when she comes up to you and she's got something for you, it's like, a, you know, the sun coming at you. Hey! <laughs> and you're like... What's getting ready to happen? And she goes, I got a word for you. I'm vulnerable. Thank you. Get away from me now. I don't want to be vulnerable. Every time I get up here, I'm usually, you know, the one that's crying and a mess and all that stuff. Even in like giving segments, I'm bawling up here. So thank you for what you did today. I feel like I've already been to church and got a message and I'm good to go and apply it and, and I'll be a better human. Um, so vulnerable is, is what I intend to do. 
Um, I was running this past uh, PD and uh, Pastor Zach earlier this week, because uh, when I speak, I don't consider it teaching. I don't consider it to be a pastor. I consider just to try to speak to you guys. And I hope that what it does is it inspires you um, to either be a better human uh, or maybe take a look into an inward look and see if there's something that maybe you've missed uh, or maybe something that you've just overlooked. So essentially that's what I'm trying to do. And I love it that it's a small body. I love it. It feels intimate to me. It feels vulnerable to me whenever it's like this. Um, and all of you, I consider friends. You, I know you, you know me. And, and so I'm not trying to, I guess, tell you how to do anything. All I'm wanting you to do is maybe recount something that you've heard in past and maybe kind of think on it some more. So you guys prepared to do that with me this morning? If you're not too late, you're already here, unless you want to get up and leave, however you want to do it. So we're going to pick up in Ephesians 3. Uh, we're going to cover that chapter. I'm, uh, the, the, the body of the, the, the verse that I'm going to do is 14 through 21. That's going to be my point. Uh, but I want to start with the context and start uh, on verse 1. I think we've got it up there. Yep. Uh, Miss Grace is going to be working on getting that done, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of rehash um, verses uh, 1 through 13 before we even get to that one. So in doing this in preparation, like I said, I was talking to, to um, Pastor Zach and, and Pastor Devin in, in regards to like the way I approach this lesson, right? I'm not a theologian. I am not someone that's going to, you know, just like tear apart scripture, give you contextual basis of it, of what they were facing back then and what they're talking about, unless I really do some studying. And that's, no, that's way out of my norm. But I thought, you know what, I want to I try that. I want to see what Paul was doing in this. And a lot of it comes from the inspiration of what Pastor Zach laid down last week. Um, do you remember, if, if you weren't here, go back and listen to it. But he had some, some pictures up there that were showing the temple, right? And it had that outer wall. And basically the reflection of basically the Gentiles trying to get into the temple. But they couldn't, even with that all that inclusiveness that they were talking about because of the wall and the barrier of the temple. And what the whole point was talking about is that we are in one, right? Christ is, dwells in all of us the same now. It's one body. And so picking that up, I wanted to kind of go back in and go over this, this chapter here. And in doing so, I had this like, I don't know, this moment, um, we'll call it vulnerability, um, of where I'm just going to like, you know what? How did this happen whenever Paul received it? So much of the Bible I'm learning to read. I'm in my 40s and I'm just now learning to properly read maybe begin to read the Bible and understand it. I know some of you are like, what? No, there's, it, there's a reason that that book carries the weight that it carries because it has so much depth and meaning inside of it. So in what he's doing here, I tried to put myself in Paul's shoes. So when Paul received this word for the church of Ephesus, what did that, what did that look like? Has anybody ever thought about that? Have you put yourself into one of the authors of the books of the Bible when they were receiving that message, that download, right? Just like Miss Jenny we were talking about this morning, how she got that word, right? Well, Paul got this word. What was that like when Paul received this? What was his body like? Was he excited? 
Was he like, oh, I, I, I'm nervous. I don't want to go do this. I, I don't, I don't want to push into this. I don't know how to deliver it. I don't know if they're going to receive this. I don't, I don't know what I want to, I don't want I remember, Paul had a life before he was Paul, right? He even had a name before he was Paul, right? So it's not like this guy just showed up and he's this divine, you know, recipient of God's word, right? He's had, he's had a life. He's had a past. And so I'm kind of like just, again, I know I'm, I'm a freak and y'all get, give me grace here. But like I'm just diving into this. Uh, my family was gone to a water park for a couple hours to go to a birthday party. And so I was at home just by myself and I was literally just submersing myself. And the way that I process things is in my body, right? So I'm just, I'm just getting deep into this. And I am literally almost have like this vision of Paul tapping into God and being like, all right, God, what, what do you want me to share here? Spirit, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to do here? I, I, I kind of get an, an idea, but how do you want me to deliver this? Why do you want me, why is Ephesus, why are they the ones that I need to be talking about? Why not where I'm at here in Rome? Why not give me something to like make all these Roman gods just disappear? How come you can't give me that power? Why are you wanting me to write this church? What's going on with this? And so I'm almost like, have you guys ever, you got any old shows that you like to watch? The old reruns? If I say the word mash, does anybody know what that is? Like, I don't watch that, but I'm just trying to meet you where you're at, all right? Uh, friends? How about Friends? Yes? All right. So me and Tia used to watch Friends every, it was Thursday nights, right? No, Friday nights. TGIF? Yeah, that's what it was. I think. Uh, really? It's Thursdays. Okay. Tia just left me out here. Did you see that? She's like, I don't know. So that was a big deal in our life. Not so big that I remembered the date, but it was a big deal in our life that, you know, at that time we didn't have DVR, and I'm not going to set the recorder on the VHS to, to you know, record it. So we would just make sure that we were home to watch Friends, right? It was an important thing. And the other, the other night, we were able to watch uh, the Friends reunion. And as me and her are laying there watching that thing, like, all the flood of the memories and like what we were doing at the time. I can remember bringing Zoe home, right? And holding Zoe, she's like, she hates this that I'm calling her out right here. But like holding Zoe in my arms on the couch, my, you know how you do that first kid thing where like you won't move your arm and it can go to sleep and it can almost like break off, but you're not going to move because she's being quiet and you're watching your show. I was doing that, right? I can still to this day, right now as I'm speaking, I can remember all that like it's happened just yesterday. Where I'm going with that is I wanted that feeling of what Paul was feeling whenever he's receiving this, right? What was he doing? What was the moment? A little contextual you know, background is it was around AD 60, AD 60. He was in Rome, but he was under house arrest, right? What was the home like? It's not like what we were in, but he was in a place, right? He was under house arrest for a couple years. And so he's just getting, he can't go anywhere, right? So he's being restricted to this place. So he's just like seeking what, what's my next thing? What am I doing? What am I doing? So this is where this is coming from. Are you following me? You guys getting there? Am I painting this picture? This is where I wanted to feel what this chapter was about. I wanted to feel it. And I hope you guys do it. I hope I can get it out there. So I'm going to read it in the message first. I like the way that it breaks it down. And then on the scripture that I'm going to put up there, it's going to be in the CEB. So verse one, this is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ. And again, like I said, it's not physical jail. He was actually under like house arrest. Having taken up the cause of you outsiders, 
again, Gentiles, so-called, I take it that you are familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God himself. As I just wrote you in a brief, as you read over what I have written to you, you will be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. That right there is what the first one through 13 chapters is called here. That, that's, or I'm sorry, verses. It's the mystery of Christ. That's what, that's what that bold heading is. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all of their lives, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, the same help, the same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise, that God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. Again, remember the life Paul had before he was Paul. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head, the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all of this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. All of this is proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust in him, we are free to say whatever we need to be whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. So don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. Verses 14 through 19. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This is the prayer. This is Paul trans, trans I guess, um, transitioning from basically revealing the mystery, mystery of the Spirit to, to the church to now this is his prayer for the church. So my response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all of the followers in Jesus this extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out, listen to this part, Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Verses 20 through 21. This is it. Hang in there with me. God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess. Request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but working within us, coming out of us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all the generations and glory through all millennial. Oh, yes. 
Thank you for hanging in there with me when I read it that. But I wanted you guys to hear it because somewhere in there, someone's going to grab a little nugget out of something out of that. And then whenever I give the explanation, kind of break that down, maybe you'll go back to it. And maybe that'll be something that you chew on the rest of this week, right? So chapter 3 speaks about the mystery of Christ revealed. The second part of the chapter, like I said, is Paul's prayer for their spiritual strength. And it ends the first half of his letter um, in Ephesians. So the first passage is Paul mentioning himself by name as a prisoner on behalf of the Gentiles. Okay? Because that's who he's representing. He assumes his readers know, readers now know of his calling to serve them, to spread the news of the Gentiles being inclusive, right? That's, that's what that is, coming together in God's kingdom. The gospel was revealed to him as he had previously mentioned. This was information not known in the past. So the mystery he spoke of was the Gentiles are now fellow family members of the church in Jesus through the gospel. So that's us being welcomed in. Uh, again, if, if you were here and, and you used, I'm a, I'm a visual person, so when Pastor Zach showed that temple and he showed that wall and, and it was talking about how they couldn't get past that wall, right? This is, this is Paul preaching in context to that so they can relate to this. Meeting them where they're at is what he's doing. Again, this is why it was so important to me to try to get to where Paul was. I wanted to understand why Paul is using the verbiage, the language that he's using. Why is he writing this letter? And so you guys, that's the challenge for you today. Instead of just getting up, coming to church, and checking a box, why are you here? What are we doing? Why do I need to learn these things? Again, submerge yourself in that, just like Paul did. What is he trying to write? So if you're the church of Ephesus right now, why is he wanting to write this to you? Why is this letter important for you to read? What part of this letter is going to stand out to you the most compared to the others? Paul was a minister of the gospel according to God's grace. Though he was the least likely to be in this role, God gave him this calling to share Christ with the Gentiles. He sought to bring light to everyone regarding the plan of grace of God. This was part of the eternal plan of God. Paul said we have boldness and access to God with confidence through our faith in Jesus. Paul also asked that his readers not be discouraged by his imprisonment. The imprisonment Paul was described was the first Roman imprisonment. It's the one which took place between, like I said, A.D. 60 and 62. During this time, Paul was under house arrest while awaiting trial. Despite the confinement, for two full years, he was able to freely preach the gospel to all that came to him. Uh, and when I was digging and kind of doing some background on this, again, I'm not a theologian. I don't know any of this. So I'm digging, trying to find this research. It was talking about all of the Romans that had come to know Christ in that amount of time that were coming to Paul and, and, and receiving that. So even though it may look like, and that's why he's talking to the church in Ephesus. He's like, don't consider what I'm at as an imprisonment. I'm not. God is at work right now. Christ is in me working right now. For two years, here I am. I've been placed in where I'm at. And all I am doing is freely giving what the Spirit has given to me. And in that, I am seeing such progress in this. So please do not be discouraged for me. There's no reason. Again, what do you need to take out of that? What is Paul? Why is Paul sharing that? Why is he feeling he needs to share that? Who's needing to hear that? You have to ask those questions to yourself. 
The second part of Ephesians, which is 14 through 21 of this chapter, includes a personal prayer by Paul. He bowed on his knees, asking God to give the Ephesians strength through his spirit. Kind of getting ahead of myself and in my notes, but there's something to that bowing on your knees, right? Why did he need to say that? Again, this is what I'm wanting to try to encourage you today. This is what I was doing Thursday night. I was almost like hanging on every word that he said, thinking about it. Why did he, if, if he's in his house, why is he needing to bow his knees? Why did, if he's writing this in a letter, it's not like he's sending a text or he's not doing a, you know, a Marco Polo or something like this. He's literally taking the time to write this down. Why is he writing to bow on his knees? Thought. He desired for, for Christ to dwell in the hearts of the church of Ephesus by faith. His desire was for them to know the depth of Christ's love that surpassed all of knowledge. His desire was for them to know the depth of Christ's love that surpassed all knowledge. If you'll remember, I had shared, I think it was two Sundays ago, it may have even been less than that, I can't remember exactly, um, but I was talking about the power of the love, right? Like, how do you love which that is love, right? So this has been something that's just kind of been stirring in my spirit the last couple weeks or three weeks, right? This thing about love. And here it comes up and it puts it in a different twist. It's saying, to know the depth of Christ's love that surpassed all knowledge, right? Mind. Before that, he had bowed on his knees, right? Body, right? He's down on his knees. And now he's talking about the love that surpasses your knowledge of love. Paul concludes the chapter with a, uh, a doxology. I had to look that up. I'm not going to act like I knew what that was. So for all of you that are like, I knew what it was. Whatever. It's a praise to the Lord. It's a singing, a praise to the Lord. Paul describes God as one able to do far more than we can ask or think. Worship team, if you don't mind, come back up. I'm trying to keep this under 10 minutes. I don't think it's going to happen because I wanted to set pastor Devin up next week to make him look like he was really long-winded because you know he'll probably go 45 minutes or something I'll be like put a bow on it but as I put myself in Paul's place and I tried to understand and feel the passion that he had the one thing I think we can all kind of just grasp from Paul whether you don't know much about him or not is he was a passionate man I am a passionate man it was really easy for me to put myself into Paul's shoes. Thanks, vulnerable. Appreciate you. I am in a season, as I stand up here talking to you guys, I feel what Paul was talking about when he says, I am the least qualified to be standing up here sharing what he's shared with me to you guys. I can feel that. I can relate to that. Like there's so many uh, others around that are so much better equipped and eloquent speaking and know the word and know the theology that goes into it that should be up here speaking. But it doesn't discount what I feel when I'm able to do it. I feel the passion in it. That's what I'm trying to impart into you this morning. To to maybe give you a little bit more to go out of here to continue to study and read and understand what we have in this inclusiveness in Christ.
Verse 17 says, to know the depths of Christ's love that surpassed all knowledge. I was hung up on that. To know the depth of Christ's love, the depth, love, depth that surpassed all knowledge. How do you come to know a love that surpasses all knowledge so that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God? Last week, Nisa sang that song and it said, you are God and I am not. And it wrecked me because he is God and we are not. So to know the depth of God's love, the fullness of God, how can we get there? How can we do what Paul is asking us? How can we pick up on what Paul is trying to say? Over 2,000 years ago, Paul is writing the church to tell them, hey, wake up, pay attention to this. I don't think we've come that far from this letter. In my opinion, what he's talking about is a holistic language. It's a holistic knowledge. To experience God in our body, our mind, our soul. To some of you, this might be something foreign. I think you could look around at all the churches, something like over 45,000 or 44,000 times of the way we do church here. That doesn't look very inclusiveness. It looks like I don't want to hear the drums whenever I worship. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't value the word of knowledge I only value the way that it makes me feel. And before you know it, we keep breaking apart and breaking apart. And I think that's what Paul was trying to point out is we have to understand the oneness that we have in Christ. There's something to that, that oneness. Again, I want you to take some time as we enter back into a short time of worship and to reflect on what I just said and what I'm trying to point out, what Paul's trying to connect to us. Pastor Zach even asked last week, and I made a note of it, what would Paul and Jesus be asking us right now? If we could show up for Starbucks here in just a little bit to have a coffee and know that Paul and Jesus are going to come in and sit down with us, what are they going to talk to us about? How far have we come from then to now? Would they have to reinterpret what they say? Or could they be like, hey, did you read Ephesians 3? Because that's really all I got to say. Can we continue to dive into that and pull out what we need today to encourage us? So think about that. What would Paul be saying to us right now? Today, as he entered into our church, what would he ask us? What would he say to us? I hope you were able to kind of just lose yourself just there for a second, just in like the present, right? But just to allow your mind to think about that, right? To think about Paul being here. To not be so far, right? But to be here with us. Just like the Spirit, right? It dwells inside of us. It's not that Jesus is away from us, but he dwells inside of us. He's always with us. That's why we use that, that phrase that he's in our heart, right? It's not that we opened up our heart and we placed Jesus inside of our heart and closed our heart back up, but he dwells inside of us. The heart carries the meaning of it is life, right? It's where we feel. So Jesus dwells inside of us. So 
when you read this from here on out, allow yourself to be in Paul's shoes, sitting there, seeking, what's the will? What's the mystery of Christ that I need to share? And then from that, my prayer to others, listen, this is what I want you to get from this. This is what Christ has done for us. And that becomes your anthem. That's what I'm trying to do today, to inspire that inside of you. Ephesians is about how we do church, how we do church right now, today. I can stand up here as an elder and share with you, like, we are pivoting in that so much as a church body right now. This past week, uh, we as the elders have, have accepted um, the way this sale is going to take place in this campus. Uh, I'm supposed to go tomorrow. I've been um, nominated to go sign for Pastor Zach since he's out of town. Uh, the agreement in which we're going to make this thing legal and start making this transition, right? The pivot is happening, Grace. The pivot is coming to where we are the church of Ephesians. We are that church that's being told what to do. We're looking and called to go dwell, as Jesus did, in our community. We as an elder team are excited for what's coming, and we, we're so ready to start sharing the details of, of the vision on how this is going to work. But basically, there's such a great opportunity for us to share Jesus in this community outside of this building. If anything, we are setting ourselves up to just go be something that nobody else around here has seen. That's what we're doing. So this Ephesians means so much to me as I'm speaking it because of the passion that's coming out of it, what that church was doing, the call, what they were, what they were living as the call. What does a love look like that surpasses all knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God? Can we even really comprehend what the width and length and depth of height of what God's love is? Have you ever thought about that? How deep is it? How wide is it? Kind of looks like the cross. It continues to go out. It continues to go down. Paul asked that we might be able to understand together in a community every dimension of the love of Jesus. It takes each and every single one of you to impart that depth, that width. I have to get that from you and you and receive it from me. It takes a community. Paul wanted them to know and experience, and not just in words, but the experience. You remember how I was talking about how me and T used to sit down and we would watch Friends? Like, I, that was an experience. I remember everything about it, what, what the couch was, that we, where we lived. Where, I remember all of that. And as you're doing this church together, it's an experience. It's not just a Sunday morning and then go do the other six days. It's an experience in every day that you live. Every word that you share, it should be a deepening and a widening. Are we going to have our faults? Absolutely. And don't, re don't receive that shame that comes from that. Instead, push into it. Bring your faults. Allow yourself to ask questions that you've never been able to ask. Allow yourself to think like, what was Paul doing there? Deepen yourself. Until you can relate to the Bible in that way, the Bible is just a book. Immerse yourself into those questions. By experience. Remember earlier when I was talking about all of these things. Just continue to hold on to that. 
Those details. There is such a distinct difference in a knowledge of something versus actually experiencing it. I remember a sermon that PD taught. I don't, I don't remember how many years ago. Again, I'm horrible with those details. But you remember when he was setting us up and he was talking about the ocean? And he was like, hey, I can fill a bathtub full of water. You can get in that bathtub. And then I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you about the ocean. You're in the water. I can tell you about the waves crashing. I can tell you how it sounds. It's not the same, is it? You're sitting in the water. You're in the water. I'm telling you about it. But it's not the ocean. There's so much more depth and width in the immersion of being in the ocean and being at the ocean. Christ's love, there's something about being in it instead of just hearing it. I don't want to just hear it anymore. That's all I've heard. When I got that a couple Wednesday nights ago, what is it to love love? I have no idea. I don't know. Did, have I reflected what love is? The love that was given to me, that dwells inside of me, have I given it? No. I have fallen short. And Lord, I repent. I will love better. I will love deeper, wider. That is where I am at. And that is what we're called to do. That it was what Paul was trying to relate unto the church of Ephesus. You have received that in which is love. Quit telling them, but instead go into the community and show them love. Because then it becomes an experience. And from an experience, you can pull from the past. And in that, you will live in the present, in the experience. So much of what we do today, we live for the future. I want to go on vacation. I'm planning to go on vacation. I'm planning to retire to quit. I'm planning for my kids to grow up and support themselves. I'm planning and planning and planning. What is the journey brought you to today? The experience is today. When you're laying there and you're passing from this earth, you will think about the experience, the journey. That's what I'm trying to inspire you today, to look in which what God has given you, what Christ has given inside of all of us. There is a oneness. It's not for one particular race, color, gender. It's not. If you've heard that, it's lies. We're all called to be children. Matter of fact, Pastor Zach did a brilliant job of, of explaining it. We are adopted into the, into the family of God. He is God and we are not, but we are adopted to receive all that God is giving. If he is love, we have the benefit to receive all of that. What are you doing with it? Are you giving it out? Are you even receiving it? So much of us were pushing it away. I'm not worthy of it. I wrestled with it before I even got up here. I'm not worthy to be up here. I can't do this. What do I have to say? What do I have to share that they don't already know? Paul wrote it. Why don't we just read what Paul wrote and apply it? And then it clicked. It's the experience. It's in the experience of love. I've got a pastor friend that I was sharing with the other day and essentially was, 
I asked him the question, I said, and God had given this to me to tell him to ask him, do you even know what you need? And he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, I don't mean anything specific. Do you know what you need? What do you need today? So many times we don't even ask the simple questions. What Pastor Devin did for me is he allowed me to ask questions. And in so many times, it's in asking the questions that you find things that you didn't even know that you didn't know. So when you're talking to someone and you're asking how to give love, how do I go and give love to a community? Ask them what they like. What do you need? What do you expect? Don't give them the answer that you have, but go to take from them as well. As we, the body of believers of Grace Church, prepare to pivot in the coming months to this space of wanting to go dwell among the community as Jesus did, I want to encourage you or maybe even inspire you to carve out space to ask yourself some of the questions I have mentioned. My hope is that you will come to know and accept the power of Christ that dwells inside of you. To know that you have been adopted as a son or a daughter in Christ. That God has given you all the access and the resources and most importantly, the acceptance he accepts you to receive the love that he is offering you. And from the peace and joy that you find in that love, you will be able to give and offer to the people that you are going to come into contact with. Thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity to be up here that you didn't walk out on me. You're good humans. Well, that, that's it. I want to inspire you. Go, go dwell amongst them. Give which has been given unto you. Right? Let me pray for you. Father, again, I just thank you again for the opportunity to stand up here in front of my brothers and sisters and my friends. Lord, I pray that you would just bless them this week and today and the days to come. Lord, that you would inspire them sometime in the next few hours and the hours to come, Lord, that they would maybe receive something from you that they didn't think about before, that they would recall from the past and experience, Lord, where they have been in contact with you and have felt you in their mind, in their body, or their soul, Lord, that it would cause them, Lord, right now to take hold of this time, this present moment, and then at that point that they would meet you and receive you where you are. Father, we just pray for Pastor Zach and Kristen, Lord, as they're in Colorado. Lord, I just pray for a, a rest in their lives and in their minds and in their bodies, Lord, that they would receive the rest from you. That, Father, that they would be able to come back together as one, Lord, that they would discover things about themselves again, Lord, in the depths of you as they take this time to unplug and get away, Lord. We pray for your blessings and their safe return and in their travels, Lord. Again, I just thank you, Lord, for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, guys, have a good week. <laughs>